Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Jen. Hi, Mayor. Well, how are you? Woo! Well, I'm finishing up 2020 with a, a bang like everybody else, I guess. With a gusto. <laughs> I might hold Roman candles at midnight or something just to be like, sayonara 2020. <laughs> Bye. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to 2021. And unless it turns out lousy, I'm going to believe that it's going to be good. It's just got to be better. My thought is that if it turns out lousy, at least we are sort of prepared for it. 2020 really came out of nowhere and hit us in the gut. And I feel like, let's say in 2021, I'm, I don't get the vaccine. We're not high enough on the list or, or something changes and we still have to stay in this sort of state then I'm going to be better prepared for it. Yeah, we're ready now. It's what we do. In a lot of ways, caregivers have been ready for this more than anyone. I know. I've always thought since this happened, caregivers lead the way. We're used to more isolation, more flexibility. Like, you know, come on, we were going to podcast last night, but did we? No, because we had things going on and then I had things going on and so things going on. Who else have things going on? I mean, I know everybody has things going on, but we have things going on for us plus somebody else that we take care of. Yeah. And I think for our caregiver listeners, that's the thing that sets them apart from everyone else, from their coworkers, from their neighbors, from even other family members, is that you don't just have the regular workings of your life. You have this whole other life that you ultimately are responsible for. It can go south if you don't take care of it it can get better if you do a great job but that always comes at the cost of your own activities it does we often have our activities as last which i know i can almost hear people saying no you have to put yourself for some time and it's true we do but there are some times when you just can't and you have to be okay with that I decided the best respite care for me right now is, and we were gonna do like a whole series on respite care, but Freya entered the world, your new granddaughter. And then that's that, right. the whole complexion of November for you. And so we didn't do that, but we could do a quick, quick, what's a good respite for you. So one for me would be if somebody came in at the end of my day, after I did all of my tasks for the day, tasks for me, caregiving tasks, household tasks, and made me a cup of hot, sweet tea with just the right amount of half and half and the right amount of sugar and set it down next to me and then left my house and didn't say one word to me. They knew where the tea bags were. They know how much sugar I like. They know how much half and half I want in there and just put it down and just quietly tiptoe out the door. Not that I wouldn't want to talk to people, but not that time of day. Just like a, a brief Butler 
interjection because that's what butlers do they know how you like your drink they know where you like your slippers in the evening you just need a 10 minute tea butler exactly and don't and then i just want to and then that's kind of you know sugary and sweet and then i just want to like scroll on social media and see what my friends have been up to and see if there's any cute grandbaby pictures on facebook and or puppy dogs and i just want that simplicity and that time and I want no words in my bubble. I want to be mm-hmm. words. But I, I don't think that really exists. But that's what, I, that's what I would like to have. Maybe that's a new service someone can offer, tea butler. You know, other people might want it earlier in the day, in the afternoon. You just have the tea butler shows up. They, they have a key to your house. They come in. You know they're going to be there. So, And then they quietly leave. I, I think that we may have a, we might have an entrepreneurial idea. I think so. You could, I mean, it could go beyond that too. Somebody could come in and make dinner mm. while you go inside and read a book for a little bit and, uh, and know where everything is and cook the way you like the food to be and clean up and set it in front of you. And, oh, and make extra for the next night. So you could heat that up the next night. I mean, that's kind of like butler work too. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And I, uh, I can definitely some folks using respite care to do things while they're still there. I think there's a misconception that respite care means you have to leave your home or you have to be away from your care recipient. And I don't think that's the case. I think respite care can come in and help you while you're there. Yeah, it would be good, but you have to have like a, you know, a good chemistry with whoever comes in. Oh, so much. I I mean, that's the hardest part about finding someone to give you a hand as a caregiver. Right now we're handicapped with finding home health because of COVID. So we have to make sure that they follow all the safety protocols and everything, but you may go through all of that and then find somebody that you don't gel with or that your care recipient doesn't gel with. Oh God, that's terrible. We had one who, and I know you've been through some of your, some aids yourself. We had one who said about every three sentences, you know what I mean? (laughs) I can't handle that. She would say, you know what I mean? Yeah, she, I would say, you know, if you could, you know, put the dishes away, that would be great. And she said, no, I, I don't mind at all putting the dishes away. I like doing that for my, for my patients. You know what I mean? Oh, she probably doesn't realize that she does it, but also, uh, lives inside me. And then she had a little Sudoku book. She couldn't wait till she could sit down and do a little Sudoku because she had downtime, but and I, and I don't hold that as a grudge, but it's, you know, sometimes it's best not to say anything. Yeah. Better to just be quiet and go do your work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the hot tea, that would be my respite. What would be your dream respite moment? It would be for someone to come and set up all the things I need for my gardening. So to get the soil out and to get the plants that I was going to work on that day out and my gloves and get the hose unrolled and where I need it. And then just leave me alone (laughs) while I, while I do that. Cause you know, that's the big barrier. I love gardening, grew up, grandparents owned a farm. You know, I um, had a huge garden most of my adult life and the biggest barrier since becoming a caregiver and sort of changing my lifestyle is the setup. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And in my old life, I had a gardening shed and it was easy. I could just go out there and that was already set up, but right now I don't. And so I think for me that I, if somebody could come and set that up, maybe I could pay somebody to come and set up a gardening shed for me. Yeah. See, I think we could, I think it's like an a la carte, a la carte butler for caregivers. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's, if you're listening and you're an entrepreneurial type, give that a, give that some thinking. Sort of not task rabbit, but really a more personal touch. The butler's touch. Yeah, the butler's touch. I like that. That's good. Well, all right. Well, those are our wishes. Maybe we'll get that in 2021. Do you ever feel like a butler? Do you ever feel like caregiving is kind of like being a butler sometimes? Oh, yeah. I go through. And so a lot of times we talk about like the really great aspects of caregiving. And we even our last podcast we called um, The Gift. The Gift of Caring. And that I don't always, I'm just going to be honest with everybody. I just really don't always think that it's a gift, all right? I just sometimes think it's really a burden in life. And I sometimes when I'm folding laundry or doing something really mundane, I think, so this is what I went to college for? Are you kidding me? Like, what is this? I haven't done anything intriguing or interesting all day long. I've done one task after another. Sometimes I say caregiving is the best job I wish I never had. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess I don't really feel that way. I don't even feel I mean, it. I just not that I didn't want to be a caregiver, but I wish it wasn't necessary. You know, I do. I wish it wasn't necessary. Life, life would be so different. And of course, you know, you can't live in that space, but it is definitely part of like the grief you carry as a caregiver, though, you know. I think it's okay to say it to yourself or out loud or a friend or on a podcast. I think it's okay to say it, but, but, you, but I don't live that obviously. No, cause you can't stay. It's bad for your mental health to stay in that space. Like, uh, we were just talking earlier before we got started, the, you know, the deliberate actions that, you know, you have every day, you, you know, I, I don't have to wear nice clothes and I don't necessarily wear nice clothes. I wear jeans and a shirt, but I could be wearing my yoga pants all day, every day and sweatshirts and not doing my hair and putting makeup on and putting some earrings and maybe wearing a necklace. Like I do all of the things to give myself a bump during the day to feel better. And like, there are days when I don't feel like it, but I really try never to hit that. Cause I think, I think if I do, I might travel down that rabbit hole of, of sadness and depression and I won't be able to get out. Yeah. And um, we were talking specifically about getting getting up and getting dressed, not in yoga pants. Um, and if you're a stay-at-home mom, getting your kids ready in the morning, like there is no reason for people to be wearing pajamas all day long. Am I going to wear them probably between Christmas and New Year's? Yes, that's an appropriate time to be wearing your pajamas all day. But um, there was a Navy Admiral, his um, Admiral, I think, William McRaven. And he, per, he gave a speech a few years ago and it, I saw it on YouTube and it's his like sort of advice to the University of Texas graduates. And the, you know, his strongest piece of advice is make your bed. When you get your body out of bed in the morning, make it. And I love that. Like make your bed, get dressed, put on a, you know, comb your hair, put on a little makeup. Don't go to bed with dirty dishes in the sink if you can help it. Like have some deliberate actions in your day that give you control over your space. 
Now, you may not have control over your care recipient, over what's happening. We certainly don't have control over care, care over COVID, but we can control with deliberate actions the effect that those things are having on us. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, well, let's put a link to that in uh, the show notes. You got it. So before we get um, started, and this won't be a really long podcast, this is our wrap for the year podcast, but um, before we get started, the last podcast, you told us about Freya. And so bring us up to date on how your little sweet pea is doing and her mom and dad. Okay. So her mom is recovering and, you know, a lot of folks have asked about her and were really surprised to learn that because of life-threatening complications that there had to be an emergency C-section and that during the emergency C-section, both my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter, um, their vitals crashed. Uh, My granddaughter had to be resuscitated. My daughter-in-law lost large amounts of blood that um, required transfusions and will require long-term recovery, months and months. And it's, I'm, it's a little bit easier to talk about now. It was very traumatic. My son was in the operating room. Um, I was in the hospital room waiting for them to come back. They told me it was going to be 20 minutes. And about 30 minutes or so later, I saw my son with the baby. And the nurse was right behind them and told me that the baby had to be resuscitated and all these scary things. And then I didn't see, see my daughter-in-law. And... Um, we didn't see her for another hour and a half. It was really frightening. And uh, my son obviously went through a lot in there by himself. And I'm so proud of him and trying to give him so much support as we do as mothers. Um, but found myself really in caregiving mode, big time. Um, so blessed that the hospital where they had their baby allowed me to be there. I was the only person allowed um, And because my daughter-in-law really couldn't do anything for several days, like move or be awake. (laughs) So, um, but today we're three weeks in and baby Freya is um, thriving. She's doing great. And my daughter-in-law is recovering and she's remarkably strong. So proud of her and, um, and of my son, they're doing their best to overcome what I mean you know, you can't even imagine what they're feeling. Obviously there's so many other things to think about too. And, um, you know, my, I, I think the big thing for me is to see how compassionate my son is and how patient he has been as a caregiver, you know, and there've been a lot of times, I'm going to get a little teary eyed here. There've been a lot of times when I have felt bad about him having to be around caregiving and be a secondary caregiver. But now I understand why that was necessary. Mm-hmm. And you're speaking about to your brother. Yeah. You know, he's learned a lot from seeing me take care of my brother, but also take care of my other family members, my grandmother and my mother. And, um, and he's done a lot himself. And now he's putting that into action. Mm-hmm. And so for everybody listening who has a child that is growing up, as a secondary caregiver, you know, they're watching you care for your, your spouse, caring for their sibling, a loved one. You know, there are, there are really positive benefits. It's not all negative. Oh no, I agree so much because my kids are secondary caregivers too. And they're, 
I don't know, maybe someday we can get our kids on to do a podcast with us and they can talk about being secondary caregivers. I know my kids don't think that they are. They don't think in those terms, but but they are, you know, and I, I see them do uh, so many warm and beautiful um, caring of Tom, you know, of their dad. And I've seen my son also be such a good dad to his kids and um, it's, it is really wonderful to see. And I, I think because you're, I think you're so right, they see us. And so what they see from us is how they will themselves be generally as caregivers because they have no other reference point. And it's not usual and common. I didn't grow up as a secondary caregiver. I just grew up as a kid and family of, you know, with a bunch of siblings and we did our thing and there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything extraordinary, but growing up as a secondary caregiver is extraordinary. Yeah. So we're doing good. I'm excited for the holidays. I love being a grandma. Somebody accused me of grandma spam on social media. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine to be a grandma spammer. Um, my granddaughter is gorgeous. She's a crazy full head of hair. Um, I'll post it on our socials. So, so everybody can be jealous of how cute she is. And, um, I mean, she's really smart. She's probably the smartest three-week-old I've ever met, really. Of All of our grandchildren, there's nobody better looking and there's nobody smarter than our grandchildren. There's nobody more <laughs> advanced than our grandchildren are. That's the way That's it is. It. Yep. Um, we get to be, all, we get all the best when you're a grandma. You've been, so we have, like everyone else listening, we've had to spend time away from our families and you've been able to do something fun with your grandkids, even though you can't be close to them. So one of ours, Joseph, he is my son's, uh, my son's son from his first marriage. And he lives all the way across the country from his dad. He lives in Idaho. And so his dad is traveling from Florida to go see him today, spend a few days. He's going to do some guy stuff because he's seven now. So he can do some guy stuff. And then he's going to come back to Florida and spend some time with his Florida family. When we do a lot of FaceTime with Joe. Why, we, I always say to him, what do your friends call you? And he said, Joe, you're the only one who calls me Joseph, Granny. <laughs> and I just love the name Joseph. So anyway, so we do a lot of FaceTime with Joseph. He, he can call us on his iPad. He has a picture of us um, next to our number on FaceTime. And so he can just hit that and call us. And he usually calls Poppy, not Granny. Oh. Yeah, Poppy's his guy. And then Lily is not even three. So we'll say, you know, how smart is she? She asks for granny. <laughs> uh, yes, I'd like to talk to granny now, please. That's what she does. Can I say granny and cookies? So we have uh, a few afternoons a week when she gets home from school. We It's her daycare, but they call it school. So when she gets home from school, she calls me and she's having cookies and milk and uh, invites me to join her. So I do, who would say no to that? I could be right in the middle of something else and I'll drop everything to have cookies with Lily. And you know, I have to just say this first, that's wonderful respite and it's such a great activity to do now while we have to social distance, but caregiving has required physical distancing for families for a long time. And it really has kind of taken a pandemic to teach us that we can still stay connected to our families. We can have milk and cookies with our grandkids. Uh, and, and I think that's a, a wonderful 
a wonderful learning out of a horrible thing. Yeah, we've had Hat Day on our podcast. I mean, on our on our FaceTime, and um, we've I've showed her all the decorations around the house, the Christmas decorations, and and you know you make the best of it because we can't change what that is for us. And so the fact that she knows me, I think, is remarkable, really. Yes, because because for half of her life, you haven't been able to see her. Well, we haven't seen her in a year in person. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, I did want to say we're being reflective on 2020. And I did want to say when we started the year, we toyed with the idea of not just audio recording, but video recording our podcast. It was very short lived. And um, if you're one thing I, I want to tell folks who are listening is that podcasts can, they can struggle if they don't have listeners. Like if people aren't listening, if people aren't reacting to our podcast, if they're not interacting, why do it, right? And so the kind of the same thing with video, we didn't get a lot of response to it. I don't know if people were burned out on video or if it's just not as enter- as entertaining to watch of podcast as it is to listen. But um, so we're not doing that anymore. That's kind of like, what are we not doing anymore? <laughs> that's true. What are we not doing? That's, that's, um, well, that's good. We were willing to give it a try though. I mean, we've tried a lot of different things. We, um, you know, we had some different, we did seasons and we illuminated seasons because we just, we're just kind of rolling into it. We've, we've had where we've done a lot of podcasts together and then you know, all kind of one right after the other. And then it feels as though we'll spread them out a little more in 2021. But you know, who knows? You just don't, you just don't know where you're going to go with it. And that's what I love about the podcast. Me too. And we already have some exciting episodes planned. So if you're listening and thinking that we're going to take some kind of a break in the new year, we're not. And we're excited to be back right after the holidays with some new shows. Um, We actually organically, has some really big gains this year. I know we have. So I'm let me I'm gonna jump in on one of them because I took some notes as well. At we have been heard in seven countries. Which seven? I mean the United States, I think for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have all the list of them. Do you have the list right there? Um, I know I can pull it up. I, I believe Canada is one, also India. Um, now that doesn't surprise me at all because Indian culture in Indian culture, they take care of their family members, right? Like they have what I would perceive as more of a caregiving culture than, than we do. Oh, I have, I have it here. So we have, of course, the United States, United Kingdom, (laughs) Jamaica, Canada, India, Ireland, Norway, the Netherlands, well, I'm going past seven, Bermuda, <laughs> New Zealand, Sweden, Germany, Israel, Nicaragua, Australia, Kenya, Russia, France, Saudi Arabia, Ghana, Chechia, Puerto Rico, Portugal, Panama, South, America, South Africa, Japan, Singapore, Republic of Moldova. I wonder who that was who listened and Peru. So we went way more, but I guess we had the most in seven countries. I mean, that just tells you that caregiving is in fact universal. What we are experiencing here in the United States, these two caregivers right here is 
probably what people are experiencing in other countries. And I think there are a lot of lessons to be learned. I, I think in 2021, we should challenge ourselves to connect more with folks um, in other countries who are caregiving. Maybe they're doing something that we, that would benefit us. You know, maybe they have some takeaways that um, could benefit our audience. So we'll put that shout out there, call, a call to action from, for caregivers in other countries to um, reach out to us to be a guest on our show. We had one from Jamaica, she's a millennial caregiver. Yeah, and um, I've had, I had one reach out to me from the UK, so excited to pursue that and um, interested, interesting to see. Um, we are now really so global. If there's another positive that's come out of the pandemic, look at how global things are now. Um, I know so many people who are watching, they're binge watching television shows from other countries and um, having, not being able to travel internationally. So their um, Airbnb experiences with the host of an Airbnb who like does a cooking class with them or something. I actually think that's kind of neat and I might try to do that. That's pretty cool. Well, you'll report back to us if you do. Okay, and I'll um if I if I do I'll put a link in the show notes. Maybe that's what I'll do over the holidays. I'll treat myself to one of those sort of Airbnb experiences. Oh, you should. That would be cool. Well, um, so what else? What other ways have we grown, Jen? Throw us another stat here. Mayor, we have so so many more listeners than I ever thought would be possible. What do we have? I have to pull it up on my on my phone, you know, when you, you know this already, but when you enter the grandma life, you lose the ability to hold on to information. <laughs> no. Let's, Is that bad? <laughs> no, it happens. Well, when you're super busy, I want to say we have 4,500 in that area. Also, um, I did something. I took all of my passwords out of my like auto recall mm -hmm. wow well something crazy happened so first my brother got um an alert from his ipad that a password had been compromised there's a new feature now that'll tell you if like a site that you have a password saved on has had a security breach. And I think that's super handy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it got us all really thinking about passwords and how they're saved on all these things. And, um, and so I'm just not doing that anymore for a while. I'm gonna go old school and uh, I'm gonna, I have a new way that I'm gonna be doing stuff. But it takes me a little bit longer now to log into things. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you gonna do? Well, no, it's a good idea to do that. It can't hurt to be safe. I did get a, no, a notification on my phone that somebody in um, China was trying to get into my phone. How were they trying to do that? I don't know. They were trying to get in through the um, Apple ID. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Have to change passwords everywhere. But so one, so here's a percentage of how our listeners grew in this year, 64%. Wow. 64% growth in listeners in 2020. 
Okay, so we were named a top 10 caregiver podcast. Do you think that had anything to do with our growth? I do. I also um, I also think the other reason why we had that much growth is that we dropped 1,216 minutes of content over 33 episodes this year. Wow. I mean, that's we doubled our number of episodes in one year. 1,216 minutes. That's, that's a lot of minutes. I'm we crazy were, proud of us. <laughs> we were prolific podcasters during the shutdown phase of the pandemic. I also think that, um, so folks may not understand like what that represents. So for every minute that we podcast and we, you know, you're listening to us, we do not heavily edit. We do not have an engineer production team yet, but um, for every minute that we podcast, obviously we have we have prep work, there's work after. So really you could easily triple that number and come up with what it takes each episode, you know, to prepare alone for the podcast, whether it's um, arranging for a guest, researching that guest, researching the topic we're gonna talk about. Um, it's a lot of work. It is, and then there's all the things we're not doing at home, like from, well, for you, for work, for me, for caregiving, you know, uh, we, we take all the time deeper dives into caregiving and life, the life with ALS. The life, ALS never remains stagnant. So more is required of me all the time. So those are things that will still have to be taken care of after and before, you know, and uh, things I have to do before the podcast. So, you know, so it's not, it sounds like it's pretty easy for us to do, but it's not really all that easy. And I'm, I mean, I'm not complaining at all, but I'm just saying we are, we are like, <laughs> Well, one, we're one note wonders over here or something. <laughs> and we do our own social media and I'll do our social media plug now instead of at the end, but we're everywhere. We're on Twitter at this caregiver. We're on Facebook and Instagram at this caregiver life. Um, and we do share resources. We don't just share information about our podcast, but we share information about caregiving in general. And you can all, we also, you know, we have an email this caregiver life at gmail.com mm -hmm. and an evolving website which we launched this year in 2020 it's been a pretty big year it's been huge so we had we've um 200 we've increased 240 percent in our hours of podcasting whoa followers listening has increased 240 percent we've our followers have streamed us of an increase of 172 percent wow um, we'll give a shout out to Spotify because Spotify is the one who came up with all these stats and plopped yeah, them. Yeah, I love them. And um, we are host. We we use Anchor to host our podcast, and we we love them. But um, Spotify has been really good to us in distributing the podcast as well, as has iHeartRadio. And I'm looking forward to an expanded presence on iHeartRadio next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be great. I don't know how we'll do that, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna, okay, I'll tell, I'll give you a little, I'll tell our listeners a little secret. They have some contests that podcasters can enter and I'm going to enter us in some of those contests because the, that will bring recognition. And the more that people learn about us, the more caregivers are able to connect and, and be part of this movement that we have, this caregiver life. Mm -hmm. Tell the story. That's the most important thing is to tell the story. And, um, <clears throat> You know, and I find even like for myself, like telling the story helps me to tell the story. It helps me to tell my story because sometimes I need to get it out 
but I need to get it out to an audience who will understand the story. So I don't have to, I don't have to have somebody try to fix things that can't be fixed because you understand the story. Like we cannot fix ALS, but you can listen to my story and then I will just feel better because I've released it somewhere. I've given it, I've put it out there in the universe. And, and then I also love other people's stories that I can hang on to myself and say, oh, they, they know, they get it, they know. And that sometimes is what we really just need. And we know that that's with this caregiver life, that was our goal was to tell the stories. And I love that we have done that in some, in some really unique ways. Um, we've had people who aren't caregivers telling stories about other caregivers. We've uh, had guest hosts. Um, you know, we've actually, we've had several authors on the show. And one of our most popular episodes was with an author and a friend of ours, Marjorie Pennington. Yeah, hers was phenomenal. How much do you have it up there? Can you see? Yeah, um, so it's episode ten, bringing home the war um, with author Marjorie Pennington. I, I really hope you listen to it. She's more than just a caregiver for her husband, who's a veteran. Um, she uh, has experienced suicide loss in her her family, and she she writes about that very intimately. And her her book is easily consumable, and um, and so I did want to remind our listeners of of that very popular episode and uh and marjorie who just is such a sweet person and when you listen to it it it'll come through and you'll feel uh, uplifted by her story you and yours was well who oh hers was bringing home the war yeah episode 10 episode 10 can you believe it was that long ago so long ago. Um, also, uh, another one of our popular episodes remains our very first one, which is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of a Bathroom, which was before COVID. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to find a bathroom now. Wow. Because they're closed. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts, man. I don't know. Not only are they not accessible, they're inaccessible. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, we learned something else this year um, that only only half of our listeners are women, which means the other half of our listeners are not women. <laughs> I know. I think that's great. There's so many male caregivers out there. It would be love. I would love to hear from more of them. And um, we we certainly have a nice group of people that we can ask to come on as uh, as guests through the Elizabeth Dole Foundation as fellows. And I don't. I'm not opposed to that at all. I like that, but I would like to invite other um, males, caregivers to jump on and podcast with us that are not military veteran connected. And I had one, Michael Bullen, he came on. Let's see if I can find Michael's. Um, Michael's spouse has died. He was a uh, caregiver for his wife with ALS. And he was pretty candid. It was, it was a pretty devastating period of time for him. And he, he was really a great guest to have on. Uh, we did about 30 minutes. Um, and I, and he still embraces helping others as a caregiver himself. He has offered and, and the people have taken up his help to caregive for others who are struggling with ALS. Mm, I really, what an ins inspiring, you know, life that, that he has led and and just sharing story, the story is so giving. So that, that's a gift. Um, you know, we also had Brian Vines on who cares for his wife yep. and his, um, 
very, episode 17, this mm-hmm. life we have and shared really intimate details about what it's like to, to become the caregiver of your intimate partner from a male perspective. And I, I found him to be calming, you know, um, Mm-hmm. Brian is an army veteran, so he's really good in a crisis, no doubt. And he's has a is a very organized thinker, but he also has a huge heart. And I really loved episode 17 for that. And for anyone who's thinking about the holidays and what a struggle it is, that's such a good episode to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That is a good one. We have a few holiday ones that are that are really good. Um I want to say like episode 17 to episode 22, I think 20, actually 23, um, because we ended the holiday season last year talking about, um, how the holidays impacted my family after my, my brother survived a, a terrorist attack, um, on his army base in Iraq on December 21st, which is coming up. That was, um, episode 23. Yeah, that was a big one. And we're coming up on it again, um, going into it this year, really with trying to have like a, trying to have a little bit of a lighter heart, you know, remembering the good stories about the guys that the people that were lost. And um, also December 21st has some, something really unique happening this year. Oh, there is, isn't there? I'm so excited for it. Saturn and and, uh, Jupiter align for the North Star. They're going to look like yeah. And we'll be able to see the entire celestial alignment that night. Um, this only happens every 800 years. It's hard to imagine something that only happens every 800 years and we get to see it. Um, I think they call it the star of Bethlehem. However you want to think about it, I think it's worth going outside if you can take a look. And if it's cloudy, go online and take a look. Um, I'm interested to, to see that and, and really to use it as inspiration to say, okay, I'm going to let the last 15 years um, be what they are, the, you know, part of the grieving process. And I'm certainly going to be thinking about all of those service members who were killed in the attack that day, um, but trying to have a little bit of a more, um, of, a, of a different look at a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And sometimes we need to, you know, we need to get to that place and it was, it's really powerful to when you told that story last year. You know, if you live in sadness, so many things become sad that mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't be otherwise. And I, I want to get to a place where I'm living in happy. Maybe a new granddaughter does that. Maybe going through that um, traumatic birth process does that. Whatever it is, whether it's having spent the last nine months in sequestration. Um, I want 2021 for our listeners to be so bright and to be the year that they say, I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference in my life with deliberate actions. I think that's a good way to think about it. Um, we certainly have learned so much this year. Um, and had to really, everybody had to sort of come off their speedy little horses that they're on, you know? <laughs> Highways, we had to kind of come down a little bit. Here's a really, talking about grief, and we can we can show this in our notes too. I started listening to podcasts. I was, I was sharing that with you the other day. I started listening to podcasts in my workout. I, wor- I work out pretty hard and pretty long in the morning, um, which 
I almost am embarrassed to tell people how long and how hard I work out because I think they would be like, well, sure, of course you've lost weight, but, um, but it is really my, my self-care. And so, and I, I do a lot of things to get ready for that so that that two hours is my two hours. And I listen to half of it with podcasts and half of it. So that's like, I'm feeding my brain with good nutrition. And then the other half is like candy. Cause I listen to a lot of like really like some good music and some like really junk music that you can move to. Like one of my favorite songs to run to is a uh, George Thorogood song. <laughs> one, one bourbon, one beer, one <laughs> One scotch and one beer. Yes, long. It's so good. Don't underestimate the power of a good running playlist. When I was training for the Marine Corps Marathon, and then on the day of the marathon, I had a playlist that I listened to. Um, and one of my like one of the songs at the end, when I needed to power up so I could run up that hill to the Iwo Jima statue was um saint elmo's fire the theme song from saint elmo's fire and it is you know it's kind of like this crazy 80s throwback uh much the same like you've got to get in your groove and if that takes some some crazy george thorogood music then so be it and kick it man do it i listen to all kinds of music it's surprising probably but um so the, so i've kind of I've kind of really binged all of Brene Brown's. I discovered her oh, yes. long after she started. I haven't listened to all of them. I've listened to many of them, but one that really stood out for me that I really enjoyed um, in terms of grief was uh, uh, an episode with David Kessler. And it's called David Kessler and Brene on grief and finding meaning. He had, his son died at 21 years old. And he, he puts grief in terms that are so relatable. And so I would encourage people who are struggling with grief to listen to, because he's an expert on grief. He's, he has spent his whole career uh, studying grief, writing about grief, um, talking about grief, uh, that when it happened to him, he was as devastated as any one of us would be, but it's, it's more about you know the person's life. That's what we celebrate is the person's life that we lost. So. I say that because celebrating uh, those who died, who you and your brother knew, who your brother served with, to be able to celebrate them on December 21st when the Bethlehem light is there, it's such a, it's such a beautiful way to do that. Kudos to you for thinking along those lines because I think that'll give new meaning to their deaths for you. So, so if people want to listen to something a little bit deeper on grief, that's certainly a good one. But I will also say about the Bethlehem Star that the, I believe the last week in December, it, you would be able to see it every night. In this so it's December 21st and then it's the last week in December that it'll be in the sky every night. Sometimes we need a, I don't know, we need a shining light to get us moving in a new direction. Maybe for you, it's the Bethlehem star. I mean, sometimes for you, it's finding Brene Brown and connecting with that. For other folks, it's writing a memoir like our friend Marjorie. Um, for somebody, it might just be as simple as, I don't know, going outside and taking a walk and seeing some pretty flowers or a friendly neighbor's dog. Like it doesn't have to be 
a, a once in a millennia celestial event. It could be something that's really just right outside your door. And I hope, my hope for 2021 is that our listeners will all find a little brightness somewhere. That's good. We could end on that note. <laughs> I, I join you in that um, sentiment that we find a little bit, a little bit more hope in, and really in humanity in 2021, you know, that we'll find ourselves being kinder and more thoughtful of our neighbors and people we don't know, as well as people we do know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that uh, from strangers the last few weeks since Freya was born. And it has made me think about those around me that I don't know, the people that you don't see in your neighborhood and that they really do care about you. There really are people everywhere who care about one another and um, telling our stories and connecting is so important in life and to finding those people that care. And um, as we close out this, this whole year, I'm a little bit sad uh, just because it's been such a good one. It's been so productive. We had no idea where we would go this year and think all the positive feedback that we've gotten there emails, letters, people who want to be on the show, caregivers who say, I listen to you when I cook dinner. And you really, you know, like I connect with you. That's like so wonderful and not something that we really thought was going to happen with this caregiver life. No, we didn't know. And I, I would say we know where we're going next year, but the truth of it is we have no clue where we're going next year. And I, it's one of the things that I love so much about this podcast. It's it's a known, but it's an unknown. We think we're going to go in this direction. We worked on getting sponsors and we've, we've really, for so many reasons, have not been able to follow up on that. But I will say if somebody wants to sponsor us, um, jump in on an ad or, or whatever and, and feel that kind of, you know, energy that we have in our podcast, you know, let us know. But we're not, we're not knocking down a lot of doors for that. We're just going to keep telling our stories. And for us, I mean, this audience of this caregiver life is our bright shining star. And we just appreciate you immensely. We do, we do. And so our bright shining stars, we wish you a very happy rest of 2020. Make the most of it that you can. It's the only one we're gonna get in 2020. It's the only holiday season at the end of the year we're gonna get, so make the most of it. However you do that for yourselves, find your moments. I couldn't have said it better, Mayor. And we'll see you in 2021. Until then. Until then.